Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dan Feldman here. Welcome to Locked On Pistons. Follow on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Vince Ellis of the Detroit Free Press, uh, talking about Contavious Caldwell Pope, said there was quote unquote gossip over the summer about Caldwell Pope uh, requiring. For a contract extension, he'd sign more than $20 million per year. Uh, so we're going to take that as gossip. It's presented as such. I appreciate, appreciate Vince Ellis including that. I, you know, I think reporters sometimes are a little too hesitant. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes they're way too quick. Uh, but sometimes too hesitant to report on rumors. Uh, but present them as such if you feel like you have at least enough uh, information to do that. You know, if Vince had that nailed down, he would have had a report that, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope is demanding $20 million. But whatever, exactly how he got the information, he felt at least comfortable enough to pass it along the story. Uh, and so that's that's where we're going to come at it from. That, yeah, there might be some truth to this, there might not, uh, but a credible reporter was comfortable publishing it. And I think it's a number that would make a lot of sense on KCP's part. There is a dearth of quality wings in the NBA right now, and it's a position that teams need more than ever. Small ball is really, really ruling the league because it's been successful, and teams, one, should be looking for ways to play small because it's proven to work, and two, because other teams are able to play small, they the uh, their opponents need to find ways to combat it and the way teams often go small now and there are different ways to do it you know you could go small at different positions uh, but some one of the real common effective ways is you have a point guard you have a center and then you know maybe that center would be a small for, or a power forward in a different era but uh, someone who's at least a credible enough center and then you have three wings and so you need an an extra wing and that's where KCP comes in. You know, in this environment, he's very valuable. He's a good defender. He's a high-volume three-point shooter uh, with a stroke that you would think could get better or could lead to better results. It looks good. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of demand for him to the point where I think he could get a, a max contract. That projects to pay about $24 million dollars. Starting salary won't know exactly because one, we don't know where the salary cap will be Two, the collective bargaining agreement could change. Uh, so there's not even certainty how max contracts will work, you know, for whether it's based on his age experience or the percentage of the cap or what that could all change. The entire system could change, but based on what we know now, we can go pencil in a starting salary of a little more than 24 million. And there just aren't that many good shooting guard, or small forward prospects on the free agent market next year. 
So I do think teams would go after Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Uh, there was also, you can check back a few days ago on our podcast on the CBA changes that have been reported. Uh, you can see how this would affect the Pistons. There's a report, and I don't think we have enough details on this one to give a full evaluation of how it would affect Detroit. But there's a report uh, that essentially teams will be able to sign restricted free agents like KCP would be if he doesn't sign a contract extension before the the deadline that's uh, at the end of this month. He'd be a restricted free agent. Restricted free agents could sign an offer sheet on July 1. Right now, they have to wait till the end of the July moratorium. And a lot of teams don't want to wait for that. They don't want to get left out in the cold. And they'll spend their money on unrestricted free agents agreeing to terms before that. So this change could definitely increase the market on restricted free agents. And even without that, I thought KCP had a chance of getting a max contract. This only makes it more likely. Uh, so I do think the Pistons have an interest in being aggressive here to a certain degree. And this is not the, the only way to look at it. But to a certain degree, I think this is sort of how the Pistons should look at it. No, they should not give him a max contract right now because they can always give him a, a max contract next summer if they need to to keep him. Like, There's no need to get out ahead of spending the most you can spend. If you need to spend the most you can spend, you can do it later. But to a certain degree, the Pistons should look at it as any dollar they can save under the max, that's a dollar of savings because it just might be inevitable he's going to be a max player next summer. And I know that shocks a lot of your senses, that you see KCP and you don't think max player, but this is sort of the the reality of it. This This is how the league works in some ways. Because the salary cap has shot up, and there are still players, and the Pistons are taking advantage of this, like Reggie Jackson, like Marcus Morris, like Tobias Harris, players who sign contracts in an old salary cap environment before the new national TV deals kicked in. So their salaries are much lower, and that leaves more money for everybody else. And that has to get spent somewhere. And you have a young player like KCP, who's already pretty good, whose next contract should run before he ever declines or run through his 20s. So you'll get KCP in his prime. He plays a position where there's a major need throughout the league, and there just aren't many free agents available at that position. Uh, So this all sets up very well for him if he becomes a free agent. Another factor, his agent is Rich Paul, LeBron James' agent. Now, Rich Paul has made a little bit of a name for himself uh, beyond representing LeBron by how he's negotiated a couple high-profile deals. Eric Bledsoe with the Suns and Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith with the Cavs. And he holds out for what he wants. Like, he'll wait. And occasionally that can backfire. Kevin Serafin nearly lost his spot in the NBA before the Pacers came calling very late in the process, seemingly for little reason. Norris Cole ended up in China. So it doesn't always work. But KCP's not the type of player who's like fringe of belonging in the league or not. He's an NBA player. There's no question about it. And these situations, Rich Paul tends to wait it out for the offer he wants. Uh, So he's the guiding factor here. And KCP hired him. That says something. Like We don't know exactly why KCP hired him, but it also just might be because he likes how Rich Paul negotiates, that that's a style of negotiation that matches his needs. 
Because this is what contract extensions come down to in these situations. How much appetite for risk does the player have? KCP is going to make a life-changing amount of money in whatever offer the Pistons have on the table, I am sure of it. I don't know what the Pistons are offering, but he is definitely good enough where the offer on the table is going to could, could set him up for life. Now, that doesn't mean he shouldn't get as much as he can, but what if he gets hurt? What if he has a bad year? What if things go wrong? What if, what if on the fly the league changes and all of a sudden having two centers on the floor becomes in vogue and the market for shooting guards isn't as robust? There are so many different things that could happen over the next year, injury being the most likely and scariest for KCP, that sometimes it makes sense just to say, yes, I think I could get a max contract, but this is enough security. Like I've, I've only been paid on the rookie scale. Georgia's in the SEC, but it wasn't a place to get a big payday. Yeah, I'm just going to take this monster sum of money that I could only dream of. Like, that makes sense. That's completely reasonable. It's good for the team because they get a player locked in at at far less than they're probably quote-unquote worth. Don't know exactly what KCP's appetite for risk is. It seems like Rich Paul has a high one. That's the voice we know is in his ear. So we'll see what what KCP will do. There's still six days left before the extension deadline. It is not too late. A lot of these deals get done at the last minute. Uh, But there is more uncertainty when you start the season without an extension. Crane's Business Detroit, to change gears, reported that Tom Gores offered to sell the palace to Oakland County for $384 million. It's a lot of money, especially when you consider Gores paid $325 million to acquire the Pistons and the Palace when he bought the team in 2011. So this would be a, a huge financial windfall for Gores. It would clear the way for the Pistons to move downtown or, I guess, less likely lease from Oakland County to continue playing Pistons games there. That that seems like a rather strange arrangement that I think we could just zoom right past as a possibility. Uh, I don't see what the upside is. But this would definitely, it seems, set up a move downtown for the Pistons, which has long been rumored. Uh, I think it's just another sign that it's inevitable. You know, the question now is how it works, what the mechanics of it are, because the Pistons do own their own arena. Uh, Tom Gores is a private businessman. The palace is privately owned. I fully support him doing whatever he wants there. Sell it, keep the pistons there, whatever he wants. This is his private business. I think I, like a lot of people, like the idea of the pistons downtown, uh, but it's not our place to dictate where the team plays. It's, it's Tom Gores. He owns the team. He owns the arena. Where I would have a problem with it is if a uh, if the government is using public money to to fund where the team plays. If the government is using public money to fund a new or uh, practice facility, that's that's where I would have problems with it. We'll see what happens. We'll see how this works. The government paid way too much money, way too much taxpayer money to build this new arena for the Red Wings. If the Pistons are sharing it, they are partaking in this this basically scam of the public, where the public is spending a lot of money to enrich a billionaire or potentially billionaires. 
not a fan of it. Going to continue to speak out against it. Uh, but this arena is also already built. And having the Pistons in Detroit would bring revenue to the city of Detroit, but it would also be at the expense of, of Oakland County. And, you know, how much do we care about which, which local area makes more money? You know, if this money is just being shifted around, if it's not creating new money, you know, is this really something uh, that is a, a public good? Or is it just good for Tom Gores and good for the city of Detroit, but bad for other people in other places? The, the people who work in the restaurants near the palace are probably going to come up behind, and the people who work in restaurants near the Red Wings facility, if, if the Pistons end up playing there, they're going to come out ahead. It's just moving money around a lot of times, and I don't believe that our taxpayer dollars should go to use of not creating new jobs, not creating new money and new economic development, but just moving around the economy from one part of Michigan to another. Don't think that's a real healthy thing to invest taxpayer dollars on. Now, if Tom Gores wants to you know, lease this arena, pay a fair price for it, for the nights his Pistons are using it, that sounds great. I'm all for that. Again, he's a private businessman. He should have a lot of latitude to operate the team as he sees fit. Uh, and then one last note before we close out today. Uh, Stan Van Gundy addressed having to tell Ray McCallum that, that McCallum was cut. Uh, and this was after Van Gundy told McCallum that he had made the team because Van Gundy just did not expect the Heat to waive Beno Udra. And then once Udra became available, it required this last-minute unexpected change in the roster. And this is one of the reasons I really like Van Gundy. Because reporters were sort of asking him, hey, how hard was it for you to tell McCallum, you know, did, did it get to you? And of course it did. And, you know, Van Gundy could have played that up, and a lot of coaches would have. But he sort of stopped it, and, then, you know, he didn't hide that, yeah, it was hard. Of course it's hard. Like, I, I would have definitely disliked Van Gundy if it seemed callous and easy for him to tell a player that he was cut after telling that player he had made the team, uh, let alone one where Van Gundy has a relationship with McCallum's family. Uh, but Van Gundy sort of stopped his answer and made clear, like, don't look at this as me complaining. Like, yeah, it was hard for me. It's way harder for Ray McCallum. McCallum has to go to the D-League now. He's going to get a lower salary. He's going to lose the prestige of being in the NBA. It's hard. And I really just respect Van Gundy's honest and blunt assessment and not taking the framing of the question uh, as it was put to him and turning it on its head a little bit in what I feel is a very genuine and appropriate and important way uh, because there is a lot more at stake there than Van Gundy's feelings about it. Uh, so just one small moment, uh, and there have been many. I've talked about many of them here, and I'm sure there will be more ahead, where the more I find out about Van Gundy, uh, the more I've come to respect him. And, you know, I don't know when the next one will pop up, but we will talk about it, and you can be part of that conversation. You can follow Locked on Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. We're here daily now that the season is starting. Pistons have their first game tomorrow. We're here every day, Monday through Friday. We'll be here throughout the season. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Thanks for listening. Napa know how. 
It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17